Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Fish Cast. We're in April now, already a quarter of the way through the year 2023. My name is Corey Long, joined as always by the proprietor of the Fish Cast, Charles Fishbine. How you doing, Fish? Doing well, man. Doing well. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, how is the uh, youth baseball season going for you so far? Well, we got smacked around on Friday night. Uh, our team decided not to show up at all. I mean, literally, they were there physically, mentally. They were playing some Fortnite or GTA or whatever else games there mentally. They they literally may as well have just been plugged into in the dugout to their video games because we got beat and beat badly. Uh, before the game, my assistant coach turned to me. He's like, you know, we're getting blown out tonight. I go, yeah, don't. <laughs> wow. So then, so then Saturday we came out after we, we, we gave them a little butt whipping on Friday night after the game, kind of told them, listen, that's not how we're going to perform. And they came out the next day, first four batters, first pitch up all over the outfield. Then Ethan got a two Oh count crank one. I thought it was going over the fence and, um we we beat the team 22 to 4 i think one of the parents from the other teams like why couldn't you have drafted my son i go how many spots do you think we have the league the league doesn't want us to win (laughs) after every game there's a new parent saying why i thought my son was going to be on your team and it's like (laughs) we only got like a room of like 13 kids like You don't have like a like what is this like Alabama football in like 1974? Like, <laughs> I have like 175 guys on the roster. I had three parents say that know me and were like, "Why couldn't you have drafted our kid?" You know, I'm like, "Well, you know, I go there's rules. Yeah. Um, I could I could only freeze four, and one's my son, one's the other coach's son. So we were down to two spots. So you know, and you're looking for pitchers. You want to <laughs> sign pitchers. You know, some of these other teams don't realize pitching does matter they had one they had one kid after like came in the last pitcher and he he asked out three times and finally he was like he started saying he had arm problems he was grabbing his arm (laughs) i said these kids up to just be like be tortured in life it's horrible (laughs) it is man they're setting these kids up to be tortured in life out there pitching don't know how to pitch just throwing like just throwing high, you know. I don't know. They don't know what they're doing. Probably throwing a ball underhanded. They don't know well, what well, Corey, what was crazy is my assistant coach was like, you know, the kid that's pitching tonight for them, you know, he's already warmed up and thrown like 35, 40 pitches. He's like, what is that staff thinking? Like he he did like 40 warm-up pitches before he faced our what? first batter. Did I think he's like Max Scherzer or something? <laughs> what are you doing? Like, hey, it helped us. We we noticed yeah, it. Yeah, by the time he threw, he had no arm left. He lost about what a third of an inning at that rate. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, man. Like that's the problem. Like the coaches be watching. They watch TV. Yeah. Like, we gotta do like do it on TV. This is how the Marlins coaching staff does. What are Marlins going to go like fifty nine <laughs> and one Okay, so don't don't follow their example. Yeah. <laughs> Man, uh, so it's, it's been quiet. It's been such a quiet spring. We talk all the time, and it's just like, eh, nothing going on. I mean, I mean, like, there's stuff happening. They're, they're practicing. You were at a, you were at like a Miami practice. So they're practicing. I know they're yeah. practicing here. And they're practicing, but eh, I just, you know, there's nothing happening. There's no real, like, what? you know, one thing, Corey, I hate to interrupt you. One thing I learned from going to the Miami practice 
and then you read these other reports and like they're so elaborate and this yeah. there's no damn way that they're getting these reports i'm just telling you like i yeah. I, I had the best access you could have and i'm still like yeah, like you're watching you i i mean they got so much going on and they're running from station to station and you know you you see guys that are like walk-ons mixed with first teamers and the, uh, there's just too much going on to sit there and go oh this guy through they they see one great pass or what's funny is i always and we're going to bring this up to frank who's coming on um from the university of miami rival site is that there was one there's one guy gets beat on a play and everybody's like oh that corner got beat well what about the 20 other plays that he made you weren't paying attention like guys are going to get beat in spring yeah. practice you know, guys are going to drop balls. Guys are going to run the wrong routes. Um, you're going to have a first-team receiver going against the third-team slot corner. It's not, you know, he's going to have a good day. So it, it, the reporting's kind of overrated, in my opinion. Um, they're telling the fans what they want to hear. They're trying to sell yeah. subscriptions. I get, nothing out of, I get nothing out of practice reports, I, even scrimmage reports. Or, nah. like, I watch the spring games in a couple of weeks. I mean, we got spring games coming up next week, I think, and – after that, like that's where you can get everything you want to get. You're gonna know, like, it's like they can tell you also. Even like, and I'm not gonna mention names, but there's a kid last year on a team where all spring you heard about, oh my god, he's this, he's that, he's gonna. Oh, I tell you, you gotta trust us. Then like spring game, he comes out and looks. He throws like a pick his first. He throws like a pick on the first. Like, oh god, all right, stop it. All right, yeah. don't tell us anything else, please. Stop it, no more. So yeah. it's just like. Well, I mean, I you know, know. Gronkowski Jr. that we heard about all spring last year. We haven't heard that kid's name this year, so we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It, it, it's funny how those things, uh, those things matriculate. You know, it's like all of a sudden, you know, last year he was the next coming of, you know, Tony Gonzalez. This year, you know, it's like, is he even on the roster still? Is he headed to the transfer <laughs> portal? Yeah. Old Dominion's waiting for that one. Exactly. I said nothing out of spring. <laughs> Speaking of old <laughs> and the and and, the, and and teams of that ilk, I was so waiting for Florida Atlantic to play for a national title. This is where this is Monday, so we're, we're recording this Monday. So this is I was so waiting for FAU to play for a national title tonight, and Lamont Butler from San Diego State just ripped. The only thing I had that was really keeping me interested in this tournament away from me. Because UConn is gonna UConn's gonna win by like 30. Yeah, like, I think that seven four. and a half is honestly anybody, and I'm not one that usually bets on college basketball. I know nothing about it. But I, what I do know is Corey, after I watched the first game of UConn in the tournament, my first question was, and Barkley even brought it up on the T, you know, the TNT thing. How did UConn lose eight games and two? They like they are going to destroy San Diego State. I mean, honestly, I don't see this game within 15, 20 points. I could be dead wrong, but like they introduced all the Miami players. They're like six five, six four, six five. And the first guy they introduced from UConn, six six. Six eight, six nine, like the and these weren't even the starters. I mean, I, I mean, these were the starters. They had like two seven foot, mm-hmm. you know, and they rolled those guys in the back of center seven one. Like you're like, listen, Miami was a great story, but they're playing a team that 
honestly, it's too deep at every position. And you know, like when they bring in their backups and they're jacking up threes and, oh, they're, yeah. make, and they're making them, you're it's a long night. You're, you're not winning. Yeah. You know, and it's like, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, UConn's going to do what that Villanova team did a few <laughs> years ago with Jalen. Well, they won every game by like 15. Yeah. Because, and like, it was like, oh, Miami's going to know Miami's going to get crushed by you. <laughs> Like they got smoke, and they did. I told Lee, I told Lee, I said, Lee, do not go with your heart. Yeah, make sure you hand out UConn. He couldn't do it. He handed out the Miami pick. I, I just listen. You got it. You can't. I know if you're so if right. you're a fan of a team, you still got to go with what you see on TV. Exactly. I, UConn was destroying everybody. I mean, yeah. it's just, and it's I mean, like. I knew, I know, if Florida Atlantic would have won on Saturday, they were going to lose by like forty-five points. It was yeah, who cares? Like one, they would listen. It was going to look like like a one-sixteen game from back like ninety-one, back when like 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 you know like the Kentucky was one and like you yeah. know some, like Texas Southern was sixteen. <laughs> they they, they were going to be like one ten to like forty-five. <laughs> like that's how they used to be before. Yeah. Like. NILs and all this trip. like 160 used to be just a total. Hey, you you remember like, like UNLV in '91 and, yeah. and and they they pumped up Loyola Marymount with Ga- yeah. you know the Gathers team and like UNLV just did like UNLV and then even there hung like 150 on <laughs> like like seriously like that's not what like they could they like the only time they stopped scoring was when like the game ran out like the clock ran out of the end <laughs> they were like they oh this game's gonna be close. <laughs> and like then they shot like 85% from the floor that game. Like they just could not like they just scored every time because Loyola's style was to let you get twos and they were gonna try to hit threes. They had <laughs> like Hank Gallers had died at this point, but they had Bo Kimball yeah. and they had this kid named Jeff Fryer who would hit for like 40 <laughs> and when they upset Michigan. And like both both Bo Kimball and Jeff Fryer had like 30 something. And they still lost by 45 <laughs> Like, they still got killed. So, oh, my goodness. It was, uh, yeah, that was brutal. Yeah. So, but, yeah, they, but yeah, now it's like, you know, that stuff doesn't happen anymore. So, um, it's, 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 but, you know, seeing, seeing FAU almost make a national title, make a final four, it's like, it, <laughs> College football is such a closed society. It's not even funny. Like, that's the joy of watching. Dude, I can't watch college basketball all season. I'm not that type of guy. You're going to no, see the now. season's too long and there's it's, too many meaningless games. First of all, it should start like right, like, it should start like right, it should start on like New Year's Day, right as the bowls are ending. Yep. You know, college basketball should start. Like, they play way too many games and after thanks between Thanksgiving and Christmas, I don't watch. That basically take away football watching time from me. They really annoy me. But like the tournament is like FAU, like I, I knew they were decent. Like they won 30 games this year. They were good. And it's like, all right, they're gonna go. All right, they beat this team. Then Fairly Dickinson beats Purdue. They get that. Oh, sweet 16. Nice run. Then all of a sudden they're winning, they keep winning. It's like, wait a second. And then, like you see in the final four, these guys were good. Like they were really good. Like they led the whole game. Yeah, I'm just thinking like, boy, FAU playing for a national title, that'd be so dope. And But it also tells you that like every other basketball program, at least in the state of Florida, has no excuses. Like what are you doing South Florida? What are you doing Central Florida? 
what are you doing? You know, where, like, like, how can you not win? Like, like it, you, you win every like like the FAU has like been a, been like a D one basketball school for what ten years? Yeah, they're in the Final Four. Yeah. So I, I don't know. So you know, but it's like college football is such a closed society. Like we can't even have fun with that sport because it's like you've only got five conferences allowed to have a chance to win a national title, and within those five conferences, only like 30% of the teams are legitimate title contenders. Like it's basically like down to like a 16 team, 16 team situation. Like you have a TCU that jumps in and what happens when TCU gets in the title game? They They get beat by 58 points. Like they let you know you don't belong here. Yep. There's no question. But we got to get We are joined by Frank Tucker. Miami rival site. Uh, what's, it, what's it called? Canesport? What's, what's actually the Miami rival site? What's the name of it? He's muted. You muted, Frank? Yep. He's muted. Hit the mute button. We'll get him. We'll get him. We'll, uh, he'll, he'll figure it out. He'll, he'll figure it out in time. <laughs> He's like, whoa. whoa. <laughs> this oh, is man. actually hilarious to watch because he looks <laughs> really confused right now. Like, he's like, where is the there? Mute? There he is. There he goes. He's still he's still he's muted. Still, we still can't hear you, buddy. We still can't hear you. We'll get him Do on. Do you have your mic on? How about you sign off and come back on? It's okay. Yeah. We'll be here. We'll be here. Oh, uh, he looks yeah. he looks he looks defeated. Yeah. Looks de- he hadn't, we haven't even gotten questions yet. He looks defeated. Yeah. My goodness. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I want you know I've watched a lot of tournament. It's been fun. I haven't bet too much on it. I was. When you call, when you text me last week to let me know UConn was just beating Gonzaga like the redheaded stepchildren they are, I was on a plane, so I didn't even get it. Like, I got home and I looked at the score. I was like, whoa! Like, even I didn't see that coming. Like, yeah. I thought Gonzaga would at least stay within 10. No, they, they, they roughed, they roughed Gonzaga up pretty badly. Yeah. Um, recruiting has been kind of quiet, but, uh, real quickly, but as Frank figures out his, uh, situation um we did get a commitment from an in-state kid florida state got a quarterback tremel what's his name tremel jones jones Jones, yes yes that's it what do you think about it real fast um i think i if i'm gonna make a comp maybe a deandre francois i think he's got he's got a good army and his film from his freshman year i wasn't blown away i thought he was more of a group of five kid from his freshman to sophomore year he's developed as a quarterback He's more of an athlete. Um, you know, people are going to bring up the comparison comparisons to Jordan Travis. And the whole thing is, and you and I have talked about this, Jordan's an outlier. I just think you can't recruit another kid and go, oh, we're going to get another Jordan. Because I discussed this on the message boards. Jordan was beaten out by Tate. He was beaten out by James Blackman. They tried to bring in Mackenzie Milton. So this idea that the coaches knew that he was going to be this player that we saw last year is just ridiculous you know and I think you feel the same way all right I'm gonna say this he was never beaten out by take that was just Mike Norvell and Kenny Dillingham screwing up all right he was never beaten out by Tate Rodemaker all right that was just them that was them said let's go with the guy we recruited and he threw one pass and like no let's go with the other guy that's exactly what happened there. like that was a oops we might, we might have made a mistake there boy so no, I, I refuse to think he was ever beaten out by Tate Rodemaker. Beaten out how? <laughs> like, clearly no one had saw Tate throw a pass before that game. And then they were like, 
ooh, we can't go with him. We got to go with this other guy. Like, that's <laughs> what – so, yeah. Now, I, I think, think we got an audio situation taken care of. Miami rival site, Frank Tucker is with us. Frank, welcome to the Fish Cast. How you doing? I'm doing all right. I, I got the audio done. You know, <laughs> my browser is finally allowing me to talk, um, uh, and, and I'm excited to be on. Absolutely. Well, first of all, we were talking about how quiet of a spring it's been with all the teams, really. Everybody seems to be in their own little cocoon, practicing. There's no, con- there's no controversy. There's no, like, players that, you know, came in that's drawn a lot of attention, like, like even that little midget quarterback that Miami had a few years. What's his name? What was the midget? Connor Smith. Not huh? Not Con- oh Tate Martell. Tate Martell. Yeah, Tate Martell. That midget. No <laughs> player like that that we can even go in and make fun of for how bad they are. Like it's just a bunch of guys just out practicing, doing football stuff. So tell us what you've seen so far at the Miami practices. How they looking? Who's standing out? What's going on? You've just seen an overall increase in intensity at Miami. It, with Coach Lance Guidry coming in on the defense, you know he's going to bring a passion that might not have been there uh, with previous defensive coordinators. Uh, and then on, on the offensive side of the ball, things to be things seem to be pretty consistent, honestly, with uh, Shannon Dawson as the new offense coordinator. TBD looks comfortable. That's a good thing. Not good for Florida State fans, but good for Miami. Uh Overall, the wide receivers group looks better than expected. Colby Young added like 15 pounds of muscle, is still just as fast as he was last year. Six foot four, him and TBD connected on vertical throws basically every day in practice. I think the biggest thing that Miami's going to have to work on, and that's probably going to start in the portal, is the defensive backs. There's no length right now outside of Devontae Brown, a UCF transfer, and James Williams is still hurt recovering from that shoulder uh, surgery that he had earlier in the offseason. So uh, I think the offense is going to be solid. I still think that there's going to be some hiccups on the back end. Hopefully not as bad as like Middle Tennessee State last year, but hopefully better this year. It it can't get worse. You know, the one thing I noticed the other day, you brought up the wide receiver they got from Juco last year. He was the first kid that stood out. I was like, hey, who's number four? Because he really transformed his body. He kind of looked fleshy last year. He was shredded when I saw him the other day. He looked like an NFL wide receiver. Um, and some of their other guys look good. I, the guy that I was shocked, if I'm going to be honest, is Xavier Restrepo has gotten a lot bigger. I mean, this kid's lived in the weight room. I mean, <laughs> that's what you want a kid to do, uh, especially when they're kind of um, overachiever types. Guys, that he came in and he's bought into that weight program. I mean, he looks like a running back playing receiver and some of the other guys. I thought Cheney the other day actually looked pretty good. The offensive line is the biggest difference I feel uh, that I've seen. They're just – they look different up front. Guys that are – they're grown men. Um, the kid they brought in from Alabama, I thought the kid from UCF, uh, offensive, the center that they brought in and some of the other guys. What are your thoughts? You don't win games. You know, I know fans want the skill guys. What are they like up front? They've been bad the last two, three years. What does their offensive line look like this spring? It's a complete overall. Last year, there were some issues depth-wise. They were down to six scholarship offensive linemen in the second half of the season, which was a big issue just due to injury and things of that nature. But this year, bringing in Francis Mawagoa, bringing in Samson Okunlola, Matt Lee is a transfer from UCF, and then Javion Cohen, who is a potential early-round draft pick as a transfer from Alabama, has completely overhauled this offensive line. You, you see a size difference 
like you mentioned, you see an intensity difference from Alex Mirabal. He he said before last season, him and Chris Ball said that they would tear their arm off before the offensive line was a problem at the University of Miami. And it was a problem last year. So I think they saw that as really the defining issue for this for this team. Obviously, there's many when you go five and seven, but that was the defining issue when you get down to six scholarship guys. And I think that overall the depth is going to be solid. I think that the size is comparable to many of the top teams around the country. And I think that it's going to be a much better unit this year, led by Matt Lee as that veteran uh, voice of that offensive line. Yep. We're talking a lot about size, strength, guys looking shredded, guys coming in, muscular, putting on a lot of muscle, packing muscle. Is this, in year two, does this feel more like the identity that Mario Cristobal wants to have for the University of Miami? Like guys are, the guys that he got rid of a lot of guys, a lot of guys he didn't want. You could tell by in the last season he was done with a bunch of them. But the guys that have hung around, they're in the weight room, they're getting bigger. Like I, all I hear is that this team they they, they look jacked on on like a, on like a big scale on like a, on like a total scale. Is that kind of the identity that he wants? He wants a team that is going to live in a weight room that is going to physically just be physically imposing. He's trying to bring the Bama approach to Miami. He wants big, fast, strong. It, it's it it wasn't like that before at Miami. We were kind of just taking guys on the back end of the class just to say that we got a four-star that might not have fit what they wanted to do. I, I think right now you're starting to see flashes of what Mario wants to do. I still think that there's ho- so many holes on this team. At quarterback, you don't got enough bodies. At running back, Mark Fletcher's not in the building. They don't have an alpha at the running back position yet. You don't got enough depth at receiver. You don't got enough – you don't have enough guys at defensive back. So I still think that there's going to be question marks – I still think this isn't what Mario Cristobal won his, wants his team to look like, but I think they're closer to eight to ten wins this year than they were last year. You look at the defensive end spot, I feel like I saw a lot of guys the other day that were impressive. I thought Nigella Kelly looked really good in practice. There were some other guys. I think that's going to be the strength of the D-line. Inside is where I saw some of the issues. I know that Leonard Williams uh, – Leonard um, right, Taylor. Uh, Taylor wasn't out there the other day because he's in that – uh, you know, group with uh, James Williams. What are they going to do inside, uh, you know, to improve that part of the team moving forward, uh, maybe after, you know, spring football? Yeah, so they brought in two defensive tackle transfers, one from Georgia State, one from Purdue. And I think that's going to help. But as you know, it's hard to add big athletic bodies on the interior of the defensive line in the transfer portal this late in the game. You might be able to, to – you know, pull one kid out from a school. Uh, but overall, I, I just don't think that there's going to be much that they can do this year uh, to improve that defensive line. It's going to be a lot of movement from Lance Guidry. They're going to have to stunt a lot. They're going to have to bring a lot of pressure from the second level, which I think that they can do because they have some athletic guys like Bobby Washington, Wesley Bissane, Marcellius Pulliam, who came from Georgia. Um, I, I think overall they're just going to have to focus on that in the 2024 class, which you see that they're doing bringing in kids from Matter Day, bringing in kids from out of the state. There's not enough talent on the defensive line at South Florida for them to really pull guys that fit what we're talking about. So I think it's it's just going to be a process, much like the receiver position, which they struggle to find outside guys. Uh, it's going to be a lot like the cornerback position. They only got Devontae, I mean, uh, Damari Brown. 
so I, I think it's going to be a process. That's why I say this isn't what the Mario Cristobal ideal team is going to look like down the road. This is just what he's kind of handed right now. Yeah, I'm a- so, well, my, my question is that you got, um, you know, you talk, you say there's a lot of holes. You need this at running back, DBs, wide receivers, et cetera. What are the numbers right now at Miami roster-wise? How many guys do you think they could add in through the transfer portal come when the second window opens up, which I think is in late April, May, somewhere around there? Yeah, so I, they're going to lose Brian Ballum probably to the transfer portal once again um, just due to uh, being a grad transfer. He came back after entering the transfer portal the first time. So that's going to add yet another roster spot uh, for this team. They're going to have they're going to add a handful of guys from the transfer portal. They're probably going to add one quarterback, one, at least one running back, maybe an outside receiver talent if somebody's out there. Gary Bryant from USC is the guy that they have looked at. Um, and I think that they do try to add a defensive tackle. It might not be a guy that plays right away, but uh, it's. I think that that's going to be a position that they're going to be targeting. So about five to six guys they're going to probably be pushing for, and you could see some more exits after the spring. One spot that's just been – and it's not just Miami. It's been Florida State. It's been Florida, uh, and the state doesn't produce a ton of them now as a linebacker spot. You did bring in Wesley Passant last year. I thought Malaluga looked really good the other day, the Washington State transfer. Um, and Bobby, is it Bobby Washington, right? I get the two Washingtons. He looked phenomenal. I Honestly, I did not realize how good he is. If I went and re-ranked the kids from last year in the state, he would have gone up in my rankings. He was explosive off the edge. He had a blitz uh, in practice the other day where he sacked the quarterback. Where do they stand at linebacker? I know they got a lot of young guys also coming in in the fall. Where do you think they stand at that position? I think it's it's trending in the right direction. Wesley Besaint is a potential all-conference type player, in my opinion. He was one of the top five line, freshman linebackers graded out by pro football focus in all of college football uh, last season. The Malagoa kid is going to be solid. I, I think that expectations need to be tempered a little bit. He's had a little bit of an adjustment period it, through the first half of spring practice. He did get a pick in practice the other day, which is something we haven't seen from Miami linebackers in a little bit. Um, but I think overall with coach uh, Derek Nicholson coming in, uh, everything I've heard about him is that he is an elite talent developer at the linebacker position. The kids have flocked to his teachings uh, and, and he's really done a good job. Lance Guidry is going to bring an aggressive approach. So I think he's going to utilize the athletic talents of those four freshmen that he brought in and Wesley Besaint. And I think that overall this linebacker group is going to be, be much better than it was under the uh, tutelage of, Let's say Manny Diaz. Corey, put him on the hot seat, man. Put him on the oh, hot seat. I put on the hot seat about what? What am I putting on the hot seat? Well, about? on the re- what's Miami's record going to be next year? Oh yeah, all right. What do we have him at for over under? We have Mike right at about the seven eight win mark. Yeah, kind of right there. Yeah. So what do you say? I mean, they were five and seven this year. I don't see a replay of that. Schedule seems eh. You know, it seems like there's some spots there where they could. They can get on a little run, but, you know, they can also slip up in some areas. What do you think? You think they can get to – can they get above eight wins? It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I, I still think that there's some holes on this team. I say eight and four before a bowl game. So, I uh, I think you're probably right with uh, that, that eight-win, seven-eight win mark. I think that they have enough talent to make a jump uh, to relevancy, I guess you could say, maybe push for – you know, bottom 25 range uh, okay. in the rankings. 
but I, I just don't think that they get to double-digit wins. Uh, we saw a complete relapse uh, from TBD last year uh, to – he was he was a replacement. He looked like Dick Van Dyke last year. He looked horrible. <laughs> he looked horrible. He looked horrible. And honestly, I, I I still don't see a running back on the roster that's ready to take over a game. Like you guys saw, Trey. A big part of your guys' success at Florida State was Trey Benson making that huge jump from what he was at Oregon to what he was last season. And I just don't know if Miami has that guy on the roster. I think Don Chaney's looked good. I don't know if Don Chaney's ever going to be the blue chip kid that Miami recruited. Mark Fletcher's still young. It, it's hard for a freshman running back to come in and just totally take over a room. We, uh, you know, you. Yeah, I think uh, I think Fletcher is a guy, and and just because he's so he's not your typical freshman. He is six two. He's going to be two twenty five when he walks in there. It's all going to come down to and coaches. Yeah, I don't care. I go back to Don Solinger. If a kid can't block, he's not going to play. So that's what it's going to come down to. Can he pick up the blitz? Is he get or is he going to be the guy that gets run over by a middle linebacker and gets your quarterback sent to the you know that tenth on the sideline? So I do think if if Fletcher uh, could come in and play next year, he doesn't have to do it right away. But as the season progresses, I think their team can improve because Mario can slow the games down, rely on that running game. Defense isn't on the field ten thousand plays, um, and you can you could you could will your team to win with that type of offense, you know, he did it. He's done it at every other place. Yeah. I, 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 I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I just, I think that they're going to be good. I think you're going to get automatic losses to Clemson and Florida state. Uh, that's just my, my take on that situation. I think those are two teams that are just at much better places with their program right now. And I think, like you say, every year Miami kind of just slips up in certain games, right? They go lose to an NC State or a Pitt or or even a Virginia, right? I, I still think you're going to see at least a couple of those games. I, I just haven't seen that consistency from TVD. Uh, I'm hoping that we get freshman TVD, which was eight and four. Uh, so uh, I think that I think that they're going to be better, uh, but I, I just don't think that they're going to be a double digit win team. Uh, you know, a couple of couple, well, two two questions here. First of all, when you talk about the running back situation, do you think that maybe Mario and the staff were a little too? I don't know. They, they maybe they they let some let especially when I think of, when I talk about backs, I'm talking about Jalen Knighton. Maybe they shouldn't have let him go. Maybe they should have been a little bit tougher in keeping him. I know there were some issues there, but the kid was productive whenever he was out on the field, and they could. Even though I wouldn't, maybe he's not an alpha, but he certainly would have been a talented player to have in that room. That I don't know if they have one that can do the things that he could do, especially in the passing game. I I coached Rooster in high school, actually, so I have a little bit of a bias towards Rooster. I would have loved to see him stay in the program. I thought he was a potential early round draft pick type guy when he went to Miami the first time around, despite the size issues that people talk about. I think it was probably best for both both parties for him to leave. I think he's going to dominate at SMU. Him and Rhett Lashley have a really good relationship. His explosive ability in that high-octane offense that Rhett Lashley runs is probably the best fit for him. He needed to get away from home. There were some, there were some issues there, like you said. And I think personally that he, there was no way that Rooster could have stayed. There was no way that you could have could have done anything they wanted to talk to mom and dad 
puts more NIL money on the table, got him therapy, right? Anything of those, any of those things could happen. And I still don't think it would have worked out. It probably wasn't the best place from the jump for Rooster to come here. It should have been a Florida State. It should have been a Florida. It should have been a Clemson. Ohio State early on would have took his commitment. He waited too long. So I still think they'll be okay. Rooster still wouldn't have been the guy that you could have gave 20 to 25 carries to this year just because he hasn't developed in the weight room enough to to fit what they need. I think Fletcher can be that guy. If Fletcher comes in, his body is right, he buys into the weight room, he understands the playbook. He has potential to be a thousand yard back, especially in the ACC, where it's not always powerful defenses on a weekly basis. So, yeah, uh, I think they'll be okay at running back. They just don't. I think Mario messed up not taking some of the Oregon backs that that were in the transfer like, like portal Trey, this time like, 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 like Trey Benson. Trey Benson. Yeah, uh, they should have went after the die kid harder, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a little – when I saw Trey Benson, I was like, boy, Mario let that kid – that's interesting. But, eh, you know, that's why I don't make the big bucks like him. Last question is, for me at least, uh, recruiting-wise, I know they really haven't gotten started with commitment so far this year. But they had a, they had a, they had a class that was anywhere from I think I see as high as four to as low as eight last year. Do they look like they're in a position where they're going to get another top ten class of the – players that you've seen come on campus and shown interest give you the feeling that when the time comes and the rubber meets the road in December, they will be trending toward a top 10 class. I couldn't give you a clear answer on that. You have one commitment right now. It's a kicker. That's not a good start to the 2024 class. I felt like they kind of started late on the evaluations for 2024, focusing on that 2023 class, solidifying that to the end. The Cormani McLean saga kind of hurt that process a little bit. I think it's always going to be solid under Mario. They're always going to be a top 15 team in the recruiting rankings, but as high as a top five ranking, again, I don't see it unless they get one of the top 10 quarterback commits like a Michael Van Buren or an Air Nolan. And Aaron Nolan popped that Ohio State offer, so that kind of scares me off a little bit right now. They've had a treasure trove of prospects that have come on campus through the first half of spring. The question is, can they lock them in? You you bring in kids from Matter Day. You bring in kids from all over the country. You bring in kids from St. John Bosco. None of them committed on campus. So that, for me, means that maybe those kids are not as serious right now about Miami as they potentially could be. They're, they're still looking at the USC's. They're still looking at the Alabama's, the Georgia's, the Clemson's, the Ohio State's. And until Miami starts winning, those things aren't going to be solidified. You can win with NIL early on and things of that nature. But at the end of the day, these kids want to see teams win. If Miami gets back to that 8, 9, 10 win mark and starts off the season pretty solid, maybe a win against Texas A&M, I think that they could be trending towards that top 10 class again. You lose to Texas A&M. There's going to be some questions, though. You got anything else, Fish? No, nah, man. He broke it down for us we, this we, week. We basically went over everything, and Frank Frank delivered. Hey, Frank. I, he struggled out of the gate like a bad horse, but, man, but he, I mean, he, when he, I'm telling you. He, he closed, closed strong. He, yeah, he, he closed he, like he was American Fado <laughs> out there, man. I tell you. It was real once he got going. Page yeah. Country is the site. My, uh, their Miami site, part of the Rivals Network. 
uh, Frank Tucker. Uh, how can they catch you out there on social media, out there on the Twitter verse and out on the Instagram verse? The Crib South Florida on Twitter and IG. You can follow us at Canes underscore County on Twitter, Canes dot County on IG. Uh, and, and listen, we have we covered final the final four heavy. We were all in Houston. We got spring practice second half of that. Please check us out. We are we, hey, we are the best team in the state of Florida historically. So come give us a, come give us a look. Hey, I can't argue with that. They do have five national titles, two more yeah. than everybody else. Score, Thank bro. you, Frank Tucker. Thank you for joining yeah. the fish class. Take it easy, Thanks, Frank. Appreciate you. appreciate you coming on. Thanks. Uh, Talk Frank to you Tucker from Kane's Country. Ah, fish, man. We got. Oh, that was good. That was good. Yeah. I like that. Young man yeah. broke it down for us. Yeah. So, man. I was worried at the beginning, man. Like, yeah. I'm like, damn. It is like, it's man, like jumping in the pool and there was exactly. leg weights on his leg and he was going he down. Out. He's like, he I don't like, know what's bump. going on, man. I thought this... we were going to have to jump in and save his life. Save him. For real. <laughs> oh, man. What else is going on? Like, I've never, it's never been this quiet. Does Florida have a program anymore? Did they shut that so. thing down? Like, I haven't heard anything. I, I haven't heard nothing from. We got to bring in some of, we got to bring in our dude, Corey Bender, or somebody. I somebody needs to jump on the fish yeah, cast and, and like, save them. I mean, like, I, 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 like, they, I'm getting less, I'm getting less from, like, I've, I've heard more from like, FAU than UF, man. I swear yeah. to God. Like, I, I mean, I mean, I know. I mean, when is Florida spring game? Let me see. Two twenty twenty three orange. They may not have a spring game this year. <laughs> yeah, I would. If I run on Graham Mertz, I ain't having no damn spring games. Yeah, you don't. You don't want like that money to dry up that early in the season. All like, right, <laughs> they're gonna hold it on a Thursday, April thirteenth. So that is ten days yeah. from now. It's like a nine o'clock game on a Thursday. Yeah, like they're gonna have it. Like it's like gonna be a ten thirty p.m. game. <laughs> closed. They're not even oh, have the practice facilities, so no one can see. Nope. Uh, no. Okay, so it's and now it's gonna kick off Thursday. Uh, oh, Thursday, April thirteenth, and they, and they had made a kickoff. So okay, so seven thirty p.m. They're gonna open up the. They're gonna open up kind of that uh that spring schedule, and uh, it's gonna be on a Thursday night for the second year in a row. Uh, do they have enough players to have a real spring game, or are they gonna? Be, know, are they gonna? Know. They may just throw put the ball in like the twenty, the thirty. They the might fourth. just do a but they might just do a spring spring game full of goal line. Yeah. Like they might just have nothing but goal line the whole spring. Game. <laughs> like that's what it like. How do they not have? How do they not get like forty kids through the transfer portal? Yeah, like literally, they could have like they could they could have put like out. They could have put something out on LinkedIn. They try to get kids in on the transfer portal. Hey, spring, like I don't know. You were uh, what else going on? You at you were at the rival. You were at what, what camp were you at? Now? Went to the rivals camp. Um, rivals camp. I got right. let. I got let in. I was blackballed for like fifteen Black years. Blackballed for a bunch of years. Been trying to get you in, but now they just now they give you VIP treatment. See what oh. happens. Is this what happens? See, it's like it's like uh, you know. Back then, they didn't want nothing to do with you. Now that you're hot, they're yeah. all on you. It's like Mike Jones, you know. Yeah. Like, seriously, but oh, you yeah. went there, you uh, evaluated who were, were some who were some of the standouts. I mean, the, you know, like yeah, the, the one kid you know I wanted to see was David Stone. He was a kid out of Oklahoma, went to IMG. You know, you you would have felt the same way, like a body type that you're like, ah, is this guy really a five star? It wasn't. He's he's a 
D end that may play inside. He's not a real long kid, but man, when he came off the ball and did the drills, it was like violent and explosive. Like I, I didn't doubt him after that. Like he, he literally was the quickest kid off the ball. He very hard to block. I mean, he was by everybody. Um, Armando Blount, who's a 2025 kid that's out of Dillard, had a really good camp. I really liked Jimothy Lewis. I think he's probably the top top offensive tackle in the state. Kid I liked a lot. Uh, there was a kid, I think his name's Zaire Addison from up in your area, 2025 offensive lineman that did well. Overall, I thought offensive line, D-line, it was a very good camp. Uh, quarterbacks, there's a lot of good second-tier quarterbacks, a couple, uh, the Jensen kid who's from up in your area, there's a couple kids, the Tampa Catholic quarterback. There were some guys up there, Riley Trujillo, who's committed, I believe, to UCF, won the award for the top quarterback. I'm not as, I think the two kids from your area and the Tampa area are a little better as far as more upside, better arm, better anticipation. Um, the running backs were, it was a good group. Uh, there's a kid, Javian Mallory from West Boca. I know West Boca, they usually never have a player there. Uh, but this kid's a kid that's already started to get interest, 2025 kid. Florida State's going to get him on campus this week. I know Miami's taking a look at him. Um, kind of like an Alex Collins type running back. Not going to blow, yeah, not going to blow you away with that speed. He's not a 4-4 kid, but very efficient, very good running back. Um, it was a good group overall. I know uh, Winston Watkins was there, who's Sammy Watkins' nephew or cousin. My only issue with him is every camp that I've gone to and seen him, he thinks he's Sammy Watkins. And uh, he doesn't have the game to match the personality. I think he's good, but I think as, if he had a different name, I don't think he'd be as highly ranked in it. Some of, I, I, I think he's going to be hard. He's going to be a hard kid to coach. I really think he's one of those guys that thinks he's better than he really is. And if things don't go right, he could transfer out of a program uh, right away. I know he's committed to Colorado. I wish Dion and those guys a ton of luck with well, the if, kid. If you're hard to coach, I feel like Colorado is probably the best place for you because you know, it's going to be hard for Dion to sit your ass down and tell you to tell you what life is all about. You know, like you ain't, you ain't that good. Yeah. He never gonna be that good. Yeah. He needs that though, because yeah, he, exactly. like I said, you've seen it before where guys think they're really better than they are and they don't want to listen. I remember Cam Newton tore into him. He was on Cam Newton seven on seventeen oh. and at the pylon event. And Cam's like, "Listen, you think you're really better than you really are. You need to come out here and play hard and work hard and stop like only playing in spurts." And I, I he flashes where you're like, "Wow, that kid's really good." But there are points of when he's playing that, you know, oh, if the ball's not coming his way, he kind of loafs his routes, you know, stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he, is, he, is he a 2024, 2025 kid? Um, I think he's – he may be – Is he, he's 2025, I think. Well, he's young, so at yeah. least he's got some growing up to do. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, with that being said, I think we can close this one out. Yep. We had to do one. We got – We'll have a little, we'll have a bunch more coming up. You know, we got spring games that we will, you know, we're going to talk about these spring games. We don't oh, know yeah. what these teams are doing. Yeah. And uh, obviously we'll have more coaches on once the spring season ends. We'll have our allotment of coaches on that will come through and talk to us about their careers and what they're uh, looking for this season and recruiting and all those other things. So 
really until then we uh always appreciate you listening uh any any final words this week uh mr fish not i'm i'm excited you know to hear from uh the spring i'm excited to see the results of these spring games because like you said it's it literally has been like you wouldn't even know this spring that teams were out there honestly this is the first year you know you don't hear anything really on the internet you haven't heard anything out of alabama you haven't heard it's not just florida you just it's been real quiet this year yeah it's just been a very quiet spring so you know hopefully quiet is a good thing yeah we'll see what happens uh anyway thanks thank you everybody for listening uh our producer is still justin otto i think is he is he around Justin, is he okay? Yeah, Jeff, what's funny is I'll tell you one quick story. I, I Luther Campbell hit me up uh this week. He has some old footage that he wants to, you know, convert from like uh vinyl to uh you know actual uh like digital. You got the more like 16 millimeter. <laughs> so I put him on the phone with Justin. He's never he doesn't know who he is. I said, just YouTube him. <laughs> Justin's gonna be like fucking working oh for this. God. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't need him to start start singing like like you know like like move something stuff. I think he's gonna be I mean for a rude awakening we hear that booty music. Different world. That's a different world. Yeah, man. That should be fun. We could do a podcast just on that conversation later. So Justin, what do you heard me say? What'd you think? <laughs> oh man. All right, brother. Well you have a good week. Yeah. Uh, Go out there and tell Ethan I said give me a give me an over the fence home run this yep. week. Let's see if we can get one. Yep. And uh, we will be back real soon. Thank you everybody for listening. Thanks Frank Tucker for joining us. Be back real soon with more fish cast in a couple of weeks. We talk about spring games. Hey, take, take it easy. <laughs> <laughs>